Um, as we've been doing over the past few weeks, both in New Heights and here in the sanctuary, we have been focusing on one of the ministries of our church, of our congregation. One of the things that we do through your generosity, through your tithes, your offerings, the sacrifices that you make, the trust that you put in us as you give to this church so that we as a body uh, might go into the world proclaiming the good news. A lot of it happens here on this campus, some around our community and some even internationally. Um, but here uh, today we focus on something that happens here. Uh, this is a ministry that my family is very familiar with. Both of my children have spent some time in the weekday school. Uh, they have gone through and, and heard what it means through ABC, learning how to read and learning their letters, what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be loved by God. What an amazing ministry this is that Monday through Friday, we have a bunch of little snot, snotty little ankle biting kids up here who are learning that God loves them. And the greatest thing about this is it's not just for our congregation. It is not just our members who have kids that come here. It is from other congregations around town. And even better than that, we have had children of families that don't believe and our God or our Jesus come. And they too get to hear that Jesus loves them. This is an amazing ministry that happens at this campus, and it is because of you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jane Mowry. I'm the director of the weekday school here at Alamo Heights United Methodist. Our program offers children from infancy through pre-K a positive first experience at school, learning about God's world, his creation, and knowing that they are a special child of God. Hi, I'm Natalie Jones. I'm a member here at Alamo Heights United Methodist Church. I am also the parent of three children who have attended the weekday school, and I'm currently on staff, known as Coach Jones, here at the weekday school. This school has been a tremendous blessing to my family and to all of the families who have had the opportunity to send their children here uh, for their first years of school. I know that it truly is an avenue for many people, once they come and are part of this community at the weekday school, to see what our church is about to see the community um, that is here at this church. And so I know that that's been an amazing open door for many people um, to come and be a part of our church community. In addition, over the past couple of years, I know that several families have come upon hard times and tragedies. And it has been just an amazing opportunity to see God's love at work amongst this school community, the parents and the families that have banded together Um, and just shown up in the ways that I know that God would have us to be the hands and feet um, by bringing food, by praying over people, by just being there for each other. And so this truly is a community that is like no other. It is wonderful and special to be a part of. Each morning we begin the day by going to chapel. The children sing praises, learn to ask God to be with them as they walk through each day, hear Bible stories, and learn about the wonders of Jesus. 
It's our goal at the weekday school that we plant the seed through all the activities they do that they can grow to be faithful servants of God. of our identity from our earliest days as Alamo Heights United Methodist Church that we work to serve the children and to live generously. I ask the ushers to come forward at this time and I ask you to join me in the offertory prayer that's printed in our bulletins. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for welcoming us to do your work allowing us to claim the needs of others as our concern. May our offerings be an outpouring of thanksgiving for a God who does not forget us, whose promises are sure, and whose faithfulness never ceases. Amen.
As you continue to stand, would you uh, join in the found, proclaiming the foundations of our faith, with, which comes from the books of Deuteronomy and Leviticus? As, uh, as I often do when I am down here with you all, I ask that we don't do a call and repeat, that we do it all together, because I think we can get louder that way. So if you would join me in reciting the Shema. As you continue standing, hear these words from Paul, the first book of Corinthians, chapter 13. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful. And endures through every circumstance. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Well, before I, um, I, I get into the sermon, I wanted to take a moment uh, to make you aware of a momentous day that occurred yesterday. Uh, as, as many days happen, there are birthdays that happen every day. There are two people that I know of in this room who celebrated a birthday yesterday. One is somewhat insignificant. The other is a pretty big deal. And um, I, I decided to do this at both the 8.30 and the 9.30. And I said uh, what her age was, even though you really shouldn't ever say what a lady's age is. But as I thought about it, if I look as good as she does at 70, I... Uh, will be greatly blessed. Um, so would you join in, in wishing a happy birthday to our own Pastor Donna? So we have um, been walking through this series of love. We've been talking about uh, many different aspects of love, and it's been exciting and new, I'm sure, for many of you. Um, but last week we left off with kind of a really hard thing. It, it was a big challenge in my estimation because it, it was a commandment from Jesus, right? Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, love one another. And it wasn't just like Jesus said, hey, I have a suggestion for you. If you think about it from time to time, love each other. 
Now he comes with the full force of who he is. I command you, love one another. And so when we hear those words, we're like, I command you to love one another. Oh, okay, great, Jesus, no problem. We'll go out and love one another. And Jesus gives a little glimpse into what that looks like from his viewpoint. But then Paul here takes it a little further. Paul takes it into action and he takes it into real life and he takes it into places that maybe we don't expect it to go. This scripture is one of arguably one of Paul's most famous scriptures. It is. There was a time in my life, and I've been saying that I'm in that season right now, but I realized a little bit ago that I'm older than that season. But there was a time in my life when I got invited to a lot of weddings. A lot of my friends were getting married. We were of the marrying age. And you go through this season where you go to a lot of weddings over and over and over again. Then you have the season of baby showers, and then it gets quiet for a little bit. And then your kids start getting married, and you're back in the wedding scene again, right? Some of you find yourself on that second side. Some of you find yourself grandparents uh, getting, getting doing that. But there is undoubtedly um, a hierarchy of wedding scriptures. Um, every time I meet with a couple, I say, you know, as we're talking about scriptures, I'm like, hey, you know, choose anything from the book of Genesis to Revelation. I don't care. The entire scripture is open to you to use as long as it's personal to you and it means something to you and it's powerful for you and your lives. That is what I want. You can go and Google wedding scriptures, but don't do that. And I even throw this in. Don't be one of those couples that uses first Corinthians 13. However, time and time again, this scripture comes up. I did a wedding last night. First Corinthians 13, four to eight. It comes up all of the time, so much so that I believe we start hearing this scripture like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Wah, 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 wah. It goes into a Charlie Brown cartoon, right? You just tune it out. It is one of those scriptures that you hear so often that you're like, oh, I know what's coming next. And so you start talking about the reception and you start talking about what's going to happen next. You, you just miss it. I liken it to uh, Jenna and I love to go to the mountains. And when we go to the mountains, we sit in awe of these things and we just go out with a cup of coffee. and We're like, gosh, wouldn't it be amazing to every morning walk out and look at the majesty of these mountains and just to sit there and stare at them for like an hour and then, you know, go about your day. And But we always come to the point of, yeah, but if you lived here, don't that just becomes part of the backdrop? You forget it. It just becomes a mountain. You lose the majesty of it. This scripture for me has become this. Because it is used so much, because it's been made fun of in movies about weddings, it's lost its power. But what Paul is saying here is beautiful. Yes, it is very pretty. It's very beautiful. But it's challenging. You know, what we want on a wedding day is what I said the first line of the wedding last night. Rainbows, unicorns, and bubblies. This is how I opened the homily of the wedding ceremony I did last night. And the reason I did is because as I was talking to the couple, I asked them, what is your expectation of what a healthy marriage, a loving marriage will be like? And they, I think halfway jokingly said, rainbows, unicorns, and bubblies. And I said, oh, that is so cute. That is so wonderful. You're so in love and just wrong. (laughs) 
But you look at and you looked at them last night and, and they were just so wonderful and in lo- love. They were just you wanted to put them in your pocket and take them home, you know, that kind of cute. And it was rainbows and unicorns and bubblies for them. And it should have been right, because that's the day of their wedding. They should be in that mode of, oh, everything's going to be glorious and wonderful. What I said was, why don't you call your parents who both that sets of parents have been married for many, many, many years and, and ask them, hey, mom. Dad, has it always been rainbows, unicorns, and and bubblies? Because that's what we think marriage is going to be like. And then count how long it takes for them to stop laughing. (laughs) Because if you've been married for any length of time, you know that that only happens the day you get married. Right? Because then the next day happens. Uh, Okay, that's maybe a little bitter. It happens for longer than that. I mean, some of you, for 16 years, I've been married for 16 years. We got married in this room. Um, the bride played violin, the bride from last night played violin uh, at our wedding 16 years ago. And um, for 16 years, it has been nothing but rainbows, unicorns and bubblies in our house. Jenna's not in the room to corroborate that. But um, if she were, she would stand up and go, yes. No. Because what Paul asks us to do is is to love in a way that is so radical, it's really difficult. Love is patient. Love is kind. Let's let's go through the list here and see if you can check off things. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. How many of you can check every one of those boxes in your relationship that you have done all of those all of the time? Raise your hand. How about this month, you know? How about this morning? Because if you think about it, love is patient. I consider myself a very patient person. Okay, that happened at the 930 service too. And I think we need to talk, okay? And it wasn't Jenna that laughed either. It was somebody else. But but there is are there are times when and I consider myself a very happy person, but there are times when my patience is gone and irritability surfaces. You ever have one of those days? Uh, you ever use that statement? Oh, I'm just having one of those days. That's like an asterisk to say, hey, I'm going to be really rude to you and irritable right now, but I've been having one of those days, so it's cool. Right? Well, I'm really tired. It's been a long day at work, so I'm just going to be mean to you today. No. That's not what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, you can have one of those days. He's like, no, 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 no. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not rude. It's a boast. I I, I can't imagine the number of times in my marriage that I have been rude to my wife. I can't imagine the number of times that I have shown her impatience and irritability. That I have said that my way is more important than hers. Not aggressively, but my tactics are more underhanded and passive-aggressively. I can't imagine the times that I have rejoiced for injustice in her eyes because I was able to rejoice about the truth that was in my own. And yet, I would consider us a happy, healthy couple. Again, she's not here to corroborate that, but she take my word for it. I would think that after 16 years, we have a different kind of love than we did 16 years ago standing right here. 
because we've been through these moments of irritability and patience and rudeness. And we've loved through them. See, this is a beautiful thing to talk about with weddings. And we talk about it with weddings all the time because this is a scripture that comes up all the time in weddings. But Paul isn't talking about husband and wife here. He's talking about everyone. This is how you love the people around you. Look around you. Do you really want to love these people patiently and kindly and not being rude? I know you're looking at some people going, yes, everybody but him. And it may be me that you're talking about, but that's okay. We all have the, and and let's, let's be honest. We like each other more because we're part of the same church body, right? We have a little bit of affinity because we come together and we're a body of Christ. But, but God isn't calling us and Paul isn't telling us that it only stops here. He's like, the people out there. All the people out there. This is who you are to love. Being patient and kind and not boasting and not being rude and not getting irritable and not demanding your own way, but rejoicing when truth and justice happen. This is how we are to love. This is how we are to call to be people of love. Have you, just by, I was going to say show of hands, but let's just go with groans. Has anyone watched the political debates lately? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's, I didn't even say that at 9.30 and they all just went, Rrr. Yeah. Does this, does it feel like both sides, does it feel like people have been reading Paul and going, hey, love is patient? Love is kind. Yeah. Is not rude. Okay, and I'm talking like, you can go into any politics, local, on up to the big leagues. And I wonder if this applies. I wonder, however, if it applies to the person across the street from you that put up that political sign supporting a person that you think is just utterly ridiculous and you can't believe that that person lives on the same block as you. Have you been there? Have you seen that sign, vote for, go up, and you just your stomach just tightens and you're like, oh, I can't believe he borrows my mower. See, we're challenged and we're confronted with people all of the time who God is saying love and they're saying, yeah, try and love me. Because I'm going to stand against what you stand for and I'm going to believe in things that you don't believe and I'm going to act in ways that you think are horrible. And the challenge for us as people of light, the challenge for us as the sons and daughters of the Most High God are to take those moments and to stare into everyone we come into contact with eyes and realize that they too are a child of God. That they too have been lovingly and beautifully created in their mother's womb. So much so that God says love is patient, love is kind for those people too. Can we become a people who love unconditionally? Can we become a people who take those record of wrongs that we've been keeping for groups of people, for individual people, for whatever it is, and take it and go, you know what? It doesn't matter. Because love is patient and love is kind. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It does not seek injustice, but rejoices when truth happens love endures all things love never fails 
Paul goes on to say, as you know, famously throughout this scripture, he ends it with, but these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these, the greatest of these, that is seen through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, through his death and his resurrection, the greatest of these, that is seen through the body of Christ going into a world of darkness and bringing the light of Christ with us, is love. May we be people of love. Amen.